It's not just the time of others. It's our time, which means it's your time. It's time for us to be about what God has created us to do, what he has created us to be. It's time to drop our excuses and be the person we know we should be. It's time to draw courage and be the church that our community needs us to be. It's time. It's time to have hope for some of you. It's time to renew your hope. It's time to show and to share our hope. Hope is a powerful thing, isn't it? I know hope very well because I am a lifelong Chicago Cubs fan. I mean, until 2016, all we had was hope. And it might be another 108 years before we have anything else again. But hope is so powerful. Without hope, we fade. Without hope, we fail. They say in study after study, sociologically, that those are in, that are in dire circumstances, whatever it may be from, health circumstances, financial circumstances, um, family situations, whatever it might be, that the one thing that consistently helps people to rise up out of their situations is hope. But if the hope isn't in Jesus, it's not lasting hope. You see, hope and faith are connected. When one falters, the other suffers. It's especially true that when we lose hope, we begin to lose faith. But we must remember, our hope is not found in our circumstances. Our hope is not found in the weather. Thank the Lord. Our hope is not found in the government. Our hope is not even found in the church. Our hope is found in the person of Jesus Christ. You see, the week after the resurrection, can you imagine the high that the disciples were on? That those who were following Christ, I mean, how incredible that week was. How much their chest swelled. How proud were they to stand and say, I'm a follower of the risen Lord. And yet, just like it happens with us, sometimes after a big high, despair starts to creep in. Because not every day can be Easter. We still have Mondays. And every week seems to have a Wednesday. And there's routines that must be done. The week after the resurrection had to be one of joy. Even one of relief and encouragement for those who follow Christ. However, when you start to settle back into routine. It's easy to get caught up in the routine and forget the hope. So this morning, I'm here to be your Holy Spirit reminder that it's time to have hope. Regardless of circumstances, regardless of situations, regardless of your bank account's balance, Regardless of what the doctor says, regardless of what your boss thinks, 
regardless of your neighbor's dog coming into your yard, regardless of all those things, we can have hope. And because we can have hope in the person of Jesus Christ, we can have faith. We need to remember where our hope comes from and remember it is time to have hope. We're reading this morning in the New Testament in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 15, the first seven verses and also verse 13. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. But whether you're looking at your own Bible or the Bible under the seats in front of you or the Bible on your devices, doesn't matter. And if you're not looking at any of it, just listen to the words. The words of hope of our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak, not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may have with one voice glorify the Lord, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ welcomed you for the glory of God. And verse 13 May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound with hope. Some translations say that you may overflow with hope. When you take a sponge and grab a hold of it, you find out what's in the sponge. If it's dry, you find out there's nothing there but the sponge. If it's wet and you grab a hold of it, you're going to find out if it's warm water or cold water, clean water, dirty water, soapy water, or what it may be. What happens when people get a hold of you or bump into you? See, the same thing is true. When people bump into us throughout the day, throughout our routine, throughout the week, they find out what's in us. So when you get bumped into, not, not literally, well, that too. What shows up? What's their conclusion about what you are filled with? I didn't say what you're full of. I said what you're filled with. Does hope spill out? Does the person of Jesus Christ show up? It's time to have hope. Our world desperately needs it. You see, having hope means we must be encouraged by Christ's victory. Verses 3 and 4 from this passage, it says, For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you 
fell on me. That's Jesus speaking. For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. We must be encouraged by Christ's victory. I said last Sunday to some people who go, what a great day. I said, if you can't have a great day on Easter, you can't have a great day. I was at a pastor's meeting this week and we were sharing with one another about what had happened over the weekend and uh, we were all kind of feeling that lull that comes after a big high. And one of them said something about, so was it good? Was Easter good? I said, how could it not be? It has nothing to do with how I feel. And it's hard for me to tell myself this time, but it really doesn't have anything to do with how many show up. If you can't have hope at Easter, you can't have hope. Because hope is in the person of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. We must be encouraged. And to realize this, the victory of Christ over the cross, death, hell, and the grave... His victory is for you. He went to the cross for you. He said, Father, forgive them for you. He shed his blood for you. Sometimes we have a feeling that it was for others and not for us. And especially when we're in despair. Especially when we're doubting. Especially when we don't feel good about ourselves or just don't feel good, period. We hear that whisper from Satan that says, that was for them, not you. That's that whisper you hear when we're singing awesome songs and praises to God from his word. And as you're singing it, you hear that little voice that says, yeah, the other people, that's true, not you. Well, I'm here to tell you that little voice is a liar. That victory's for you. That gives us hope. But we need to live in the victory. Because if we can live in the victory of what Christ did, we then have hope. We need to live in victory and hope regardless of what the news says, regardless of what others may say or do. Hope means being encouraged by Christ's victory. Hope also means living with encouragement and endurance. Now, I have found with each passing year, physical endurance tends to evade me more each year. In fact, I was really surprised to realize that all my friends that are my age are old which is just remarkable because I'm not. I told you a few weeks ago about as a young pastor and going to those meetings and all, the, all of us young bucks sat on one side and all of the old guys and gals sat on the other side. And it dawned on me at one of our pastor's meetings in the last year or so, wait a minute, the sides have switched. I'm still sitting where I always sat, but everybody around me is old. But through Christ, we not only have encouragement, we have endurance. He has provided for us 
We are to build each other up, not for our good, although it is good for us, but to build those up around us, verse 2 tells us. And it also says in verse 5, may the God of endurance, when was the last time you thought of him as the God of endurance? Helps you to endure things and to last, even through difficult times. I still remember my uncle Junior telling me about the last hours of my grandpa Owen's life. Grandpa was always an encourager, though he did it very quietly. He was, grandma was the talker, grandpa wasn't. And, but I was always encouraged by grandpa, but he didn't say much. He just did the right stuff. When he died at his funeral, just heard story after story after story of people telling how he encouraged them and how he helped them in times of trouble. How he came, and I was going, I didn't know he did all this stuff. Because he wasn't doing it for himself. He was doing it for those neighbors because he was a follower of Christ. And you see, if we're to have hope, we need to live with encouragement and endurance. And even at the end, Uncle told me just in the last even few hours, he was there with him and Grandpa couldn't do much, but he could still talk. And every time somebody did something for him, he took a deep breath and said, thank you. Even to the end, I want to live that way. In gratitude for others and giving encouragement to them as well. If we're to have hope, we need to live with the encouragement of the victory of Jesus Christ and the endurance that he has given us through his example and the power of the Holy Spirit. We're to be encouraged so that we can build up others. Not just so we'll feel better. Feelings are fleeting and they are often false. That's not what we follow. We follow the hope that comes from Jesus Christ. And we have the endurance to not give up. That was the struggle when Christ was on the cross. You look in the scriptures and the gospels, and it says that those who were following him were watching from afar. They had kind of given up. In fact, Peter went and started fishing again afterwards. And yet, what Christ did, they soon learned, was give them the endurance so they didn't have to give up. And that's true for you and me. No matter what we may be facing. And let me just add this because I, I know some of you need to hear this. That encouragement means encouraging yourself. Because some of you do a good job of encouraging others, but you beat yourself up all the time. The hope we have in Christ is not just so we can encourage others, but so you can encourage the person in the mirror too. Encourage because of his victory and that the victory is for you. Encourage because he has a plan and a purpose for you. 
a plan with a hope and a future, as it says in Jeremiah. Not for your destruction. Living in this hope means living in harmony. We could go for a few weeks on this, but we're not going to. Living in harmony. Verse 5, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify God. Together to live in such harmony that it's as if we have one voice. That's the power of what you did just a few minutes ago as we sang together. And even if your voice is not one that we want to put a mic in front of, we're still singing with one voice. That's the power of the hope in Jesus Christ. That's the power of living in harmony. In agreement? No, we don't agree on everything. I mean, some of you aren't Cubs fans. I pray for you. We don't agree on everything. Some of you think it's okay to put ketchup on a hot dog. You're wrong. Some of you think the toilet paper goes under instead of over. I've studied the original Greek. It goes over. We don't have to agree on everything to be in harmony about the hope we have in Jesus Christ. The first uh, mission trip I took was to Honduras. And uh, I went to play basketball, actually. We used basketball to witness, and we got to play the guards for the president of the, com of the country and a whole bunch of just amazing things. We got to play the national championship team from the country, and every time they allowed us to share our testimony at halftime. So instead of resting and putting our feet up, we were, <laughs> we were working at halftime. But what I remember most about that trip is the churches we visited. And they were, everything was in Spanish. And I can play Uno, but I don't speak Spanish. And you're there going, I'm not going to get anything out of this. And then we start singing. And I go, wait a minute, I know that tune. And I start singing. I'm singing in English, they're singing in Spanish. And we were in harmony. Not our voices, our spirit. That's how we're to live, in harmony. In harmony with Christ and his word. In harmony with one another. And we are to be doing it all while we welcome others who are not yet in harmony. But whom we love. In whom we can share the hope of Christ. Dr. Tony Evans in his book, Kingdom Men Rising, wrote... No war was ever won when soldiers fought separately based on their own goals and strategies. If we're going to win, we must be in harmony. 
One voice, one mission, one cause, and that's Jesus Christ. Method isn't the issue. Methods change. The message never does. We've got to be in harmony for this hope to come shining through. And then, it's time for hope. It's time to live in that hope. And to live in that hope means that in our hope, we draw others to Jesus. If not, what's the use? Verse 1 of this passage says, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. That includes those who don't yet believe. In our hope, we're to draw others to Jesus. Our life is to be a testimony. Our greatest hope is in Christ and in helping others come to faith in Christ. Everything we do is about that. We do things that are to encourage us to give praise, to build one another up, but it's so the purpose of reaching others for Christ so that they come to a saving faith in Christ. In a few weeks, we're going to do a couple of messages talking about how to share our faith. Because I know sometimes for some of you go, I have no clue. I'm going to try to help you with some of that. But you see, living it out is the greatest testimony we have. Our words need to back what we live. Or our words won't matter much. It's time. Let me ask you, how's your hope this morning? If we could put it on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the lowest and 10, you're just overflowing with hope. What would your number be this morning? If you look back on this past week, how would those around you rate your level of hope? Not when you show up here and pretend. Yeah, I know you do that sometimes. How are you? Fine. How's your hope? You see, if our hope is in Christ, then the circumstances are not the issue. Uh, it, it's okay to grieve the circumstances. I mean, we're grieving. Most of you are aware, some of you may not have been, Bob Wilcox's sister Anna passed this week. There's a grief in her loss. But we also know that she was a firm believer in Jesus Christ, so she's now living the hope that she was living earlier. But it's okay to grieve when we have loss at her service tomorrow. It's okay to have joy in remembering her life and at the same time grief over the fact that the life is no longer here. What's your hope in? If it's in Christ, we can have hope in and through all things. And then let me ask you this question. Who are you sharing your hope with? Who around you are you sharing your hope with? I'm going to ask the Olivet City on the Hill is going to come and lead us in one more song. But I need to know, how's your hope? I need to know, who are you sharing your hope with? Or maybe the question is, who will you share it with this week?
Because if our hope is in Christ, we can share no matter what. If our hope is in Christ, we can share no matter where. If our hope is in Christ, we have hope in and through all things. That should give you hope all by itself. Let's join together in one accord and in harmony as we sing this song. Stand with us.